0: welcome to music theory for songwriters i'm errol oz and through this series you'll develop your music theory skills in order to elevate your songwriting game to the next level hey everyone welcome to another episode of music theory for songwriters with me your host errol oz on this saint patrick's day 2021 today i want to talk about chords and more specifically what we call triads All of our basic major and minor chords are what we call triads, meaning they contain three fundamental pitches. Now, if you play piano, you're more likely to have encountered this before. But if you're a guitarist, you might just kind of associate chords with being a shape that you put your hand on the fingerboard to produce a specific sound. Well, there's more to it than that. A chord in its most basic element, or at least major and minor chords, are what we call triads. So a triad, again, is comprised of three basic pitches. Let's start with our basic minor triads. If we take an E minor chord on the guitar, you might be a little confused because we're playing six strings on the guitar. So how can we think a triad is three notes if we're strumming six strings? Well, the answer is pretty simple. The fact is a lot of these notes are doubled in various octaves. Like for example, In this E minor chord, the low string is an E. The fourth string is also an E, just up one octave. And the first string is another E, up another octave. So sure, we have three different E's, but they're all essentially the same pitch for the purpose of constructing these chords. Well, I guess technically they're not the same pitch because they're different octaves, but they're the same pitch class, meaning they all have the same letter name of notes. Now, the second string on the guitar is a B. And then we've also got another B on the fifth string doubled an octave lower. And then in the middle of the chord, we have a G. So even though we just strummed six strings, we really only have three unique pitch classes or letter names. We've got E, G, and B. Now let's talk about how that actually relates to the key of E minor, because it's a basic pattern. If we take the root of the scale, which is E, count up to the third note, F sharp, G as our third note of the scale, and then we count up to the fifth note, B is five. So those three notes, E, G, and B, those three notes together at the same time, make the most basic form of an E minor chord or an E minor triad. Now, another point I wanna mention is we've talked about interval names, like we've identified from E to G as an interval that we call a third because we're counting up to the third note of the scale based off of the root. So E to G is a third, but more specifically, it's a type of third that we call a minor third because it is essentially the third note of the E minor scale. It's also only a step and a half wide. So E to G is one and a half steps. So the pattern, if we think about interval numbers, from the root up a minor third, and then from the root up a fifth, or up a perfect fifth, more specifically, is the name of this interval. From E to B is what we call a perfect fifth. So we have a root, a minor third, and a perfect fifth above our root. We put those three together, We've got an E minor triad. Now let's look at a major triad. Let's take C major. There are lots of ways we can play a C chord on the guitar. For one, that's our standard C chord shape. We could also play the C over G shape. We could also play C chord with a high G on top. Those are all technically forms of a C chord and they all have a slightly different color to them even though for all intents and purposes, they're all C chords. So let's dissect the notes that we actually have in a C major triad. It's the exact same pattern of the minor scale. We just take the root, the third, and the fifth. So here we have C, E is the third note of the scale, G is the fifth note of the scale. So C, E, G. This makes our most basic form of a C major chord. Now on the guitar, I could add another doubling of the C octave, and then I could play the open high E string because E is one of the notes that we have in a C major chord. I could also set my pinky down on that top string and make it a G, because G is also one of the notes that comprises a C major chord. I could also take that G and put it on the bottom of the chord. This is a process that we call inversion. So here, in a C major chord, I can put any of those notes on the bottom of the chord if I want. That doesn't necessarily limit us to having to have a C on the bottom of that chord all the time. And if you guys are looking at a chord chart or a lead sheet, you would see this one or I put the G on the very bottom of the chord, you would see that as C slash G, meaning it's a C chord with a G in the bass. Now, the other thing that I wanna mention to you guys about major triads is that in the major scale, the pattern of whole steps and half steps is different. So from the root up to the third is two whole steps instead of a a step-and-a-half like it was in the minor scale. So that interval of C to E is what we call a major third, because we're basically counting up to the third note of the major scale and recapping, a minor third was only a a step-and-a-half, a major third is two whole steps. And then we still have a perfect fifth from C to G. When we're identifying the names of fifths, Uh, generally speaking, perfect fifths are the one you guys are gonna see most commonly. We'll talk about the other types of fifth intervals that we can see in a later episode. Alright, now I'm gonna show you where this stuff really comes in handy. Especially if you're a guitarist. On a piano, you're probably used to rearranging the notes of the chord anyway. But on guitar, by changing the voicing of a chord, we can really change the overall color and inflection and mood that our song has. Like, for example, two common types of G chords, we've got this one with all four fingers, where that note on the second string is a D, which is the fifth of the chord. But if we release our third finger, that note becomes a B, which is the third of the chord. It just changes the inflection of the chord just a little bit. So here's the four-finger G, and here's the three-finger G. That one note makes just a little bit of difference in terms of the overall sound and character of that chord. So I'm gonna play a chord progression two different ways with two different voicings of each chord and you can hear the difference. So I'm just gonna play G and C, but I'm gonna use two different versions of G and two different versions of C. So now instead of playing our four-fingered version of the G, I'm gonna play the three-fingered version of the G and change what we call the voicing of the chord. And then for C, I'm gonna leave that pinky on the high G because if we don't have our fourth finger on that first string, the top note of that chord is E or the third. But if I put my fourth finger back down on that third fret, That changes the top note to G, which is the fifth of the chord. So listen to the difference. Gives it more sort of an Americana kind of sound. Now here's the part where I have to stress. If you play piano... It's a lot easier to learn and memorize the names of the notes on the keyboard because there's a very clear visual repeating pattern of two black keys, three black keys, two black keys, etc. So you can visually see a pattern that makes it really easy to learn the names of the notes on the piano so you can find these triads really easily. On the guitar, I think it takes a little bit more work. Because there's no clear visual pattern on the guitar for you to figure out exactly where these notes are. It just takes a lot of practice, and it takes a lot of time sitting down on the fingerboard of the guitar learning your actual letter names of the notes. And I think that's going to help you guys a lot. So put the time in, and I think you guys will be able to write some really cool stuff. Thank you guys again for listening, and next week we're going to start dissecting the chord progressions that we use in other famous tunes. That's it for this episode. Make sure to follow on Spotify and social media at Errol Oz Music. That's E R O L O Z Music. Thanks for listening. Cheers.